0: It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we welcome you to the Countdown to March Madness, number one, edition one. I don't know what I'm going to name it or title it, but uh, that doesn't really matter at this point. It is February 17th in the year 2020. As we get set to uh, count our way down uh, to March Madness, as I can pull up a schedule here, Selection Sunday, is on March fifteenth, so a little less than a month from now, we will know the field of sixty-eight, and then the uh, first four games will be on March seventeenth and eighteenth. So a month from now is the day that the tournament will start, and uh,
1: so perfect timing on when to start this. Yeah, the month away. Timing.
0: We got. I think we're gonna do one of these every Monday leading up to the tournament. So it's not very many of these that we'll do. It'll be what like three leading up to Selection Sunday, and then or four leading up to Selection Sunday. Are
1: we going to do one before the tournament starts, I assume?
0: Probably one the 16th, yeah. Um, Because then we'll be filling out the brackets and all that stuff. And uh, really, our master predictions, which is what they will be.
1: um, Oh, yeah. I doubt we'll get anything wrong.
0: I would be a little surprised, yes. Um, Today, though, we had week 16. Of the AP poll being put out, which the full disclaimer, okay? The AP poll really doesn't matter for the tournament, but it's relevant in the fact that you're ranked during the season. Good for you. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. See where teams are right now,
1: at at this particular juncture. Um, but yeah, it changes so
0: much; it doesn't
1: really matter. It does. It doesn't matter. Come come big. Come March Madness time. So.
0: Any Yeah, and we had two teams drop six. Louisville lost two games last week. I don't know who they lost to because I'm not professional enough to have all of the stats in front of me, um, and I don't really care about some of the teams in the ACC, but, hey. Uh, and then we also have Seton Hall dropping six. Uh, teams dropping out were Illinois, Texas Tech, and LSU. So a couple teams jumping in, Ohio State, Ohio um, State, it's not – there's not much change. I think the most surprising thing in terms of if I were looking at this in, during the preseason before the season ever started and I was looking at this poll, I would be shocked to see Penn State at nine. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's unreal. They're on a unreal uh, tear right now. I think they've won eight, eight in a row. And winning eight in a row in the Big Ten is – It's no joke. Doing some, especially this year.
0: Yeah, so. and um, I think that – I think I had Penn State – 10th in the Big Ten this year. That's not going to happen. They're going to be at least like third. They're going to be
1: fighting for first right you know?
0: now. So. And the Big Ten, I mean, that's there's going to be a lot of teams coming out of the Big Ten. We'll get into that. But uh, a couple other surprising things that I would not expect to happen, I think, in the uh, AP poll is Iowa sliding up one. I don't really understand that because they played no defense against Indiana last week and lost that game. Then they survive – against minnesota mainly i would say because minnesota really fell apart down the stretch they
1: choked absolutely didn't score for like the last five minutes or something that game and then oturu who's supposed to be one of the best players in the nation can't make two free throws so
0: yeah and the thing with with minnesota is they're 12 and 12 so they're very much in danger of not making the tournament which they did make the tournament last year they played Mm -hmm. louisville in the first round and uh I think Louisville won that game, and I picked Louisville to win, but I remember that was a big storyline, the committee doing that on purpose, that Patino's kid pays (laughs) off against (laughs) Louisville, yeah. After they got rid of him,
1: yep. They're known to do things like that. They are. It's always fun storylines.
0: And I think no matter what, no matter who's playing, no matter who the one seeds are, whether San Diego State's a one seed or Dayton's a one seed, which would be shocking, um, there's always going to be great ratings for the tournament doesn't matter who's playing. Right. If we had a final four of like Penn state and Dayton and like Colorado and Marquette or something. Wow. (laughs) That'd be fantastic. I think everyone would love that. The (laughs) college basketball junkies that aren't fans of the blue bloods would love that. Yes. Um, so I guess we'll move on here to the committee's initial top sixteen, which I don't remember when this came out. I think it was a couple it's of Saturdays been two
1: ago, two weeks ago at least. It's pretty irrelevant say. at this point yeah. because
0: when we get to a team, we can say, okay, they're no longer just in this kick position. them out, sure. But the one seeds have held this entire time. So the yes. initial one in the South, uh, number one seed there was Baylor. They're still number one in the country. They've won so many games in a row, I can't even count. I think it's like. 18 or something. Yeah, they've won a bunch. Um they've
1: uh and they've beaten Kansas at Kansas, Texas Tech at Texas Tech and uh beat beat Florida at Florida and then had a neutral win over Nova. So they they beat some teams early in the year. Um you know, it, schedules kind of falling off. The Big 12's not super strong, but they're sh- strong enough, you know. So, um, definitely a battle uh, against Kansas coming up this weekend. So,
0: yeah. They will be at Oklahoma tomorrow and then home against Kansas on Saturday. They've won 22 games in a row. Um, They're 23-1 and in the season. What a turnaround for them. Uh, Just a few years ago, they were still a very good program. A couple years that they weren't great, and this year now they are back uh, to being good. And I think that – I think that th- – I honestly, I don't think they're going to be a one seed on Selection Sunday because I think that they lose this week. But we'll see.
1: Uh, yeah, but, I mean, even if they lose to Kansas
0: – Yeah, but if they lose to Oklahoma. Oklahoma,
1: that absolutely changes it, yes.
0: Now, I don't know how much they're going to value losing on the road to a team that's 11-1 and one on the road in Oklahoma that probably makes the tournament. I don't know about that. Um and then number two in the South, which they will not be a two seed, I don't think, is Louisville, and they've lost two games in a row. No, they're
1: skidding. They just lost to Clemson, um, and I'm not sure the other team they lost to, but uh,
0: two bad losses is basically yeah.
1: what it was. Yeah, not ones that you uh, you bounce back from. I mean, Clemson is is a really uh, Georgia Tech was the other one. Um, yeah, that's so bad. Not not good losses. Uh, yeah, they will likely move down
0: they are Um, still ninth in the uh net but i still think that it's gonna be hard for them to be a two seed unless you see teams collapse around them
1: yeah yeah i could i'm seeing them probably about a three seed three three or four depending on how everything shakes out down the stretch
0: yeah and then uh the three seed that they had in the south remember this is like two weeks ago so for the fans out there the people out there listening it's not that relevant (laughs) right now but it's nice to see where the committee's at and that's Seton Hall the first team we see out of the Big East and uh, Seton Hall is a very very tournament they I think they have tournament run written all over them I think that Miles Powell is one of the best players in the country he's experienced they have Romero Gill down low they have Mushaka Shavili or whatever the heck his name (laughs) is Uh, Seton Hall is a very good team and I think that the Big East is the second best conference in the country and I think the top of the Big East is better than the top of the Big Ten right now
1: yeah, I could see that. Um, I, I just the Big East. I don't, I don't know if they'll get a two seed in. I mean, if I, I there's no way they're getting a one seed. They've lost right? two games
0: in a row, so, um,
1: so they're probably. I mean, they're looking at like a two or three seed. At their best team, whoever that ends up being, you know, between them and Villanova and Creighton has snuck up there surprisingly too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, out of the out of this. You know this initial sixteen out of the South Region that they had picked. I would pick Seton Hall out of these teams to probably make make it the farthest. You know, elite eight, final four chance. Just yeah. out of out of this initial sixteen. Now, when it comes bracket time and who they're up against, that might all change. But
0: yeah, um, Seton Hall is also a team that I picked out of this region. If I had to pick one team that they out of the region that they picked for the South. I would pick Seton Hall uh, to make a run. And I think that they did lose to Creighton and Providence last week, but I still think this team is very good. I mean, I know that there's some issues that I know Willard touched on about teams uh, or players on the team having a bad attitude. Hopefully that doesn't kill them, but uh, we'll see. And then the fourth was the uh, Auburn Tigers that, um, you know, I – i don't like auburn but
1: (laughs) i'm not an auburn fan um they they've lost to florida and alabama and then they just lost to mizzou uh saturday yeah so
0: that's a really
1: bad loss they're sliding the wrong way yeah losing to mizzou who does that yeah
0: really (laughs) couldn't couldn't (laughs) be my team you know definitely not um,
1: but yeah so i mean they've they've dropped to 13 in the you know AP ranking, so I, I assume
0: that they're going to end up still around that. You know they're twenty fifth in the net. Area. Are they okay? And they they were twenty fourth. They only dropped one, but they. I don't think the committee likes this team that much. And I, I think last year was kind of a special thing. They made it to the final four, and yeah. I think that they're not because as because they each. were.
1: I mean, really, they were what twenty two and two when this came out, or whatever. I mean, yeah, twenty and two or whatever they were. Um, and they got dropped. You know, got dropped to a four seed. I mean, they're yeah still leading the SEC right now.
0: I right? could so. I could see they they are one game back of Kentucky. Kentucky's first in the SEC. They're tied with LSU. But I can point oh, out yeah. two games that Auburn barely escaped. Number one, the LSU game, last Saturday, they go to overtime and they win by one. That's a home game for Auburn. Number two, Kentucky had them. They had them and blew that game at Auburn as well. So there's a big swing game in the SEC coming up tomorrow with Kentucky and LSU. That could be a case where if Kentucky wins that game, Kentucky takes a two game lead over LSU. Whatever happens to Auburn, we'll see. But it looks like Kentucky's probably uh, the best team in the SEC.
1: And it looks like from Auburn's schedule, the only, I mean, they play, uh, at Kentucky again. But other than that, game. they you know, they have a couple games against Tennessee, um, Texas A and M, Old Miss. So they really don't have the, the hardest schedule coming up besides Kentucky.
0: So. I think that they could still be a four. Um mm-hmm. The furthest they drop would be six, and that's if they, like, lose to Ole Miss or they lose to yeah. Texas A&M or something like that. Um, the game that they play at Kentucky will be huge, not only for seating itself but in the SEC uh, seating for their tournament. But So one team out of this region that you think could make a run, you have Seton Hall? Yes. I do as Definitely. well. So we'll move on to the Midwest. Number one in that would be Kansas. And Kansas, by the way, has won um, – a lot of games in a row. I think it's 10, I think. They're, I, yeah. They're... Was their last loss Baylor? Yeah, they've won 10 in a row. Yeah, it was because they're 11-1 and one in the uh, Big 12. So they're only one game back of Baylor. So the Big 12 is very tight at the top. Now after that, there's a huge drop-off with Texas Tech and Oklahoma. But Kansas mm-hmm. is 22-3. and three, And I think that um, the net rankings favors Kansas a lot uh they're right there with with Baylor they're fourth mm-hmm. in those they're
1: they're just a really good team this year um Bill Self has put together great teams in the past uh he has struggled come tourney time um but he's made the sweet 16 the last uh three of the last four years um but um, besides 2018 they haven't been to the final four since 2012 so um Bill Self's just one of those iffy coaches when it comes tournament time. You don't know if he's going to lose in the first round or, or uh, make a run for a championship. But this Duke team's I think is different than a lot of those other Duke teams or Kansas teams, Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I was looking about who they lost to. They, they've only they've lost to Duke um, at Villanova and then they got beat by Baylor. Those so are those very are, quality losses. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, if you are going to lose three games, those are those are some good teams
0: you know the big 12 is pretty weak um because after the first five teams there's a massive drop off i mean tcu texas iowa state oklahoma state kansas state none of those teams are going to do anything i mean tcu maybe could slide into the tournament i doubt it but we'll see um then we move on to number two in the midwest which is dayton and i think that dayton would still hold yeah. their ground. I mean, they're fifth in the net. I think they, they could be the top two seed if they uh, continue to win. I mean, they have been incredible this year. They are 20, uh-huh. what is it, 26 and two or 25 and two? Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. 20, yeah.
1: 20, 23 and two right yeah. now. 23 so. and two.
0: 14 in a row.
1: Yeah. Definitely uh, one of the better teams out there right now. Um, they, really haven't i i watched uh they play old mint or they play uh they play yesterday umass um and it was a close game but and then all of a sudden you know dayton just kind of took over and you could tell that they're definitely the best team in the atlantic 10 oh it's um, not even close yeah so um they did lose to colorado earlier in the season um Back when Colorado was uh, number sixteen in the nation, and then they lost to Kansas um, by six in overtime.
0: Those so, are good losses. Yeah,
1: and they lost in overtime to Colorado too. So they haven't. I mean, and we got beaten zero regulation.
0: regulation losses. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing their two losses they're an Atlantic 10 team okay they're 12-0 in the conference their two losses are to the number 11 team in the net and the number four team Wow. so good losses there and here's the thing with Dayton that makes me think that maybe they can make some sort of a run even though I didn't pick them as my team in this uh, committee pick region to make a run they have two big time x-factor players Obi Toppin and Jalen Crutcher. It's one of the better duos in the country. It's one of the least talked about great duos in the country. And Obi Toppin could win national player of the year. That is, you have those types of players. That is what can make you a threat and to make a run in the tournament.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: Um, Number three, Florida state. Now, Florida state did lose to Duke and almost lost to Syracuse um, over (laughs) the, over the uh, weekend. But, They're the number three in this region from a few weeks ago. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. Number uh, or they're 21 and four uh, right now. So uh, very weak ACC this year, which I don't know if that's ever been said in the history of college basketball. It's weird. Um, The ACC is going to be lucky to get four teams in. It seems like right now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, between Duke and Louisville and Florida State, uh, I, I believe those three teams, though, are. They're logs. The, yeah. Three of the best teams in the country, too. Um, so, uh, I don't know. They had. ACC had seven teams in last year. I don't know if you've heard that. They had three of the one seeds, three of the four one seeds last year. So.
0: Yep. And um, they had the national
1: champ. They've, they've really fallen off. Uh, it's just weird. North
0: Carolina is in the bottom of the conference. That's all you need to know. Yep. Yep. They were 10 and 10. Now they're 10 and 15. I mean, this is a brutal year for the ACC as a whole.
1: Yeah. Until North Carolina goes into the ACC tournament and wins it all. That would be killer
0: for someone, man. (laughs) uh, It's going to hurt. Notre Dame is bad this year. I mean, the top three, like you said, those are great teams. And then Virginia is a bubble team. We'll get into the bubble later, but I mean, the ACC is just having a weird year. And I think this Duke team is really, really good. But oh, yeah. the thing that I'm worried about with Duke is they really have dominated. They've dominated at home. 12-2 and two at home, 7-1 and one on the road. But I'm still worried about their quality wins mostly have been at home. So they beat North Carolina, which no matter how bad North Carolina is, still a rivalry game. Anything Absolutely. They Anything survived that game. Um, they that took was a of heck of a State. game. It was and duke got a little bit lucky i'll tell you yeah. that yeah oh yeah um yes. number 4 in this region is michigan state and i think that michigan state could move up potentially and do a three slot maybe if they went out or they get close to that but i think 4 or 5 is right about their range right now
1: yeah i there was i don't think there was any reason that michigan state should have been in this top 16 i think they were 16th um but they were i mean they we're on a three game losing streak. They ended up beating Illinois, um, you know, which was after this came out, but uh, a, a game they could have easily lost and then they uh, got beat again uh, to Penn State. Is that correct? Maryland. Or Maryland, sorry. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, the fact that they were in the top 16 kind of surprised me. Um, The way that they're going, I see them probably as a five or a six seed. Yeah. Um, But who knows? I mean, the Michigan State's just – they have Cassius Winston and they have Xavier Tillman. And then after that, it's just kind of – they need another guy to, to step up for them.
0: They um, need one of the best names in the country, Rocket Watch. <laughs> yes, to absolutely. start bringing it like you did against Illinois. Yep, yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. And and he's he's good. He's capable of being that guy, um, but they just need more consistency.
0: Yeah, I mean, they also um, – they have Aaron Henry as well who's I think, okay.
1: I think Michigan State's just one of those teams is – it doesn't matter where they're at in the in – the, tournament what seed they are um Izzo finds ways to win in the tournament it seems like
0: um, they were preseason number one number one
1: yeah, yeah.
0: nuts nuts I so. think that the the tweet that we saw last Saturday was that article on CBS about how Maryland's having the season that we expected Michigan State to have right and yeah. um yeah I mean the Big Ten's loaded but yeah I think Kentucky at the time would have had a better case to be in the top 16 than Michigan State yeah. At the time that this came out,
1: yeah, and I think it was. I mean, the committee loves Michigan State, so
0: they love the Blue Bloods. Like, if if yep. if uh, if North Carolina was like twenty and, well, let's see, if North Carolina finished sixteen and fifteen, they they'd give them a chance. Yeah, they'd give them a they, look.
1: They might. I mean, on 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 this rankings, they still have them as a five percent chance to get in.
0: <laughs> So. it's 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 point three and the point three comes from they could somehow win the acc tournament which will right. happen that's about the um, only chance so who's your one team that could make a run out of the midwest
1: uh i'm gonna go with florida state out of this one um i think kansas and, and i'm staying away from the one seed um here um but i think kansas is probably the best team out of these but i think florida state uh they're athletic ability and you know the players they have i think they have a good chance to make a run at the final four
0: if if florida state's getting points off turnovers man they can be yeah. tough and they i went there for
1: a, i went there for a half semester so there I'm
0: you go biased. That yeah exactly so <laughs> i am not staying away from one seeds this is the only one seed that i have i'm going to take kansas as much as i want to say dayton because i really really love dayton's lineup and that duo of crutcher and toppin I got to go with Kansas. I just think that Devon Dotson's that type of player that can win in the tournament. I think that uh, the fact that they have a coach that you said is known for not being great in the tournament, whatever, Uh, I still think that this (laughs) team is good enough to make, like, an Elite Eight Final Four run, which I think they they, could.
1: Azubuki's
0: stud too. very good as long as they don't start going into stands beating people up they should be good um, <laughs> let's move on to the west had to throw that in there at some point i like it go on to the west number uh-huh. one is gonzaga that's gonna hold because gonzaga i mean the only game that i see left on the gonzaga schedule even though i don't know what their schedule is i just know that they play Probably. san francisco this week and that can always be a tough game but gonzaga should be good uh is a one seed and Finally, it took a few years for us to really, really give Gonzaga great respect.
1: It's unreal. Right? I mean, they used to be the perennial Cinderella story.
0: Yep. And and that's definitely
1: not the case anymore.
0: They've won 18 games in a row. They're 26-1, 12-0 in the conference. The conference that features really only four competent, good record teams, which won't all make the tournament, which is Gonzaga, lock. BYU, St. Mary's, Pacific, I think those three are probably bubble teams at this point. I know BYU's close, but um, Gonzaga, they have a lot of size. I mean, Killian Tilly, if he's playing and not hurt, he's a big part of that. Uh, Philip Petrusev, they have a lot of guys. I think that they're good. I don't think – this is definitely not their best team. I think uh, a couple years ago was probably their best team, but they're good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you don't lose only one game. Um and, you know, it's just like with San Diego State, which we'll get to. Um you just don't don't win that many games. And only their, their only loss was back in
0: November to Michigan. And Michigan was on fire during that time. We all, all thought Michigan hot. didn't um, Michigan go from unranked to like and, number 6. And now,
1: or... you know, Michigan's won like four or five in a row now or they've won four out of five, so they're they're turning it back around, I think. So um. Yeah, I, I think that this Gonzaga team's good enough. Like you said, not probably not as good as they have been in the past, but good enough to do something. So
0: yeah. And number two is West Virginia, who's tenth right now in the net and uh, overall. West Virginia has um, what's their record? Let's see. It's taking forever to load this stuff. I don't have 18, it all printed.
1: Eighteen and seven.
0: Eighteen and seven. Okay, so. They are six and six in the Big Twelve. They lost three straight, so they're definitely not gonna get a two. Um, I think their best shot four, five, six.
1: Yeah. Uh I I yeah, I didn't I thought that a two seed for them was pretty high. Um, I guess back when this came out, uh was before they have lost
0: four games. Yeah, they so would have been like 16 and 4 yeah. or 16 and 3 or something when this yeah. came out.
1: But yeah, they I mean they have they've lost to Kansas State and St. John's
0: both. Brutal or, losses those are. So,
1: yeah, they're they've had some bad losses and and I feel like West Virginia's that that kind of team is where they can be really good and then they can you know, fizzle out. So it it'll be depend on what kind of run they're having going into the tournament. But yeah, I don't see them in the in the top sixteen teams um come selection Sunday. Um I see them probably being like a five seed, six seed.
0: They somewhere. just they don't score enough. So you know it's like every year West Virginia does not score enough yeah um they play a lot of defense which is fine for some odd reason i thought west virginia could beat baylor last week that was stupid (laughs) that
1: was the prediction of the century
0: and it was 30 to 14 and i was like okay that was dumb not so much um number three and the net rankings has west virginia at 10 so clearly they still like them so you never know what seed they could be Uh, villanova is the number three out of this one and villanova Right now, they've been losing a lot of games. They lost... Uh,
1: well, they've lost the Creighton, Seton Hall, and Butler yeah. um, recently.
0: They've won two straight since then.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, but they've also uh, beat Kansas. Um, they lost to Baylor. Um, so their only losses were, at the time, were from Q1 schools, Quadrant 1 schools. Yeah. I don't know if that's still the case. Um, after I mean I assume Creighton, Seatonholm, Butler are all still quad one win.
0: Yeah, Villanova's six so. Villanova six and six in quad one game. So all six of their okay. losses are quad ones.
1: Okay. Yeah. So not bad losses. Um like Nova's also one of those teams that they can get hot.
0: So they've won two championships in the last <laughs> seven years or whatever. Yeah. So
1: they've been there.
0: They've been there. They've done that. This is a different team. I don't think this is the best team in the Big East. I do think the top five of the Big East is very, very strong. I think Creighton is very good. Seton, all we know is good. Villanova, like we said, Marquette and Butler are also good. And after that, you got a couple bubble teams with Georgetown and Xavier who have a lot of work to do if they want a chance. But um, number four in the West is Oregon, and they – have a big opportunity this week. They play Arizona and Arizona State, and then their next okay. three games after that are home. So they have some uh, a couple of chances there. They're twenty and six on the year. They've won two in a row, nine and four in conference. I believe one of those wins was over Colorado. I'm not sure the other one was against. I think Utah maybe. But I've watched a lot of Oregon this year, and Dana Altman has to be like a top five underrated coach in the country. He wins in the tournament.
1: Yeah. Yep. Oregon's a scary team to play, I think, in, in
0: tournament time.
1: So um they're leading the Pac twelve
0: now, correct? They're tied with Colorado at nine and four. Colorado, okay. All right.
1: So the uh, Pac twelve's good I mean, from the looks of it, they got a chance to get four or five teams in. So not not a bad conference at
0: all this year. Stanford was like eleven and one to start the season and <laughs> man, they've fallen
1: off. Yeah. Uh-uh.
0: Yep. Oregon, uh, Oregon has really, really good guards. I'm definitely going to probably, depending on their region, when the brackets actually come out, I'm going to pick Oregon to do some damage because crazy. really good guards.
1: Yeah. So they have six quad one wins, which is a pretty substantial number.
0: Um, but, yeah. I believe that Oregon was a 12 last year. And beat Wisconsin in round one and I definitely was all over that pick. I nailed that. <laughs> Easy pick that was. But uh what's your one team from the West to make a run?
1: Uh I'm gonna go just with if it's this if it's this west, which it wouldn't and be, it's but yes. These teams, that's what we're going. That's what we're yep. going with though. I'm gonna yep. pick Gonzaga. So you're um, going with a one there. I feel like this was the weakest
0: top four. Teams in Definitely, this sixteen,
1: yeah. so I'm gonna go with the one he Gonzaga.
0: Either. Very weak, very weak. um I'm going with Oregon for everything that I just said. They have really good guards with Pritchard and Richardson, mm-hmm. and uh, this isn't the best Oregon team that Altman's had. I think the one that went to the Final Four a few years ago was better, but I think they could still make a run. They have an experienced point guard who has uh, been very, very good at his, at his best this year, Peyton Pritchard. But um, over to the east. Number one, San Diego State, probably the best San Diego State team ever, or at least in the last 20 years by far. Uh, they are still undefeated. Now, I know that they're in the Mountain West, and that is that not a great are. conference, but they are 26-0. 26-0, is, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And 15-0 and 0 in their conference, and they are number one in the net rankings, and they're 3-0 and 0 on neutral side games. 12-0 at home, 10-0 and on the road, blah, blah, blah. Uh, their quad one record is 4-0. and Their quad two is 5-0. and Their quad three is 7-0. And their quad four is 9-0. and So, they played nine games against quad one slash quad two teams, and they haven't lost. So, I mean, this is a very, very good San Diego State team and a scary one as well.
1: Yeah, I haven't. I've The only game I saw them play was against Air Force, and they were struggling that game. Um, they ended up went in by, I don't know, probably 15 or something. But um, I felt like that was a game that they could have got away from them. Uh, yeah, they seem like a good team. I, Mountain West, I don't know. I could see them losing in the second round.
0: They're going to have a target on their back. I mean, if you're playing a – what would they be, like 33 or 34-0? San uh-huh. Diego State team by then, they're still undefeated someone is going to want to beat them and probably will beat them. They're going to be a tough team to actually pick to make a run. I don't think I could pull myself to do that unless their region is like ridiculously weak, which still they, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's just guessing at that point, but uh, number two out of the East was Duke and we touched on Duke very, very good team this year. I think that this Duke team is a little bit more uh, grittier and has a better chance to make a run in the tournament compared to last year, because last year was basically still a young point guard with Trey Jones. You uh-huh. had Zion, RJ, Cam Reddish, three freshmen. This year, you have a little bit of a different team. Vernon Carey is a beast. Yes, he and is. on the front court, I think he's a very tough player to play against. And then you also have you know Jones is there still? He's been playing very well down the stretch. And I think that this team overall is a little bit more deep and has a better chance to make a run in the tournament.
1: Yeah, I absolutely I, – I think that Duke will be a one seed when everything shakes down and uh, everything gets figured out. But, you know, Krzyzewski's just a great coach. And, yeah, I think this Duke team's one of the better Duke teams that have, have played in the recent years. So.
0: And they're not, you know, all freshman-based either. That's another right. thing with some of the Blue Blood programs this year, like Kansas and – Duke and Kentucky. They're not all freshmen. Yeah, yeah,
1: they got a lot of sophomores, juniors, a few seniors sprinkled in there, which it's it's nice to see the game getting back to that. That's what, you know.
0: Well, a team that really does that is Maryland, and that's number three. I mean, Maryland has a senior guard. Ayala, they have Jalen Smith, I think, is a sophomore now or a junior. I don't know. But Maryland has a very experienced group, and uh, they are well-equipped to do something. Yes. Um,
1: Yeah, I think that they're right now far above the best team in the Big Ten, which the Big Ten is highly coveted as, you know, the number one uh, conference in basketball right now. Uh, I don't know, you know, you get to tournament time and and four teams lose in the first round or whatever, but um, right now I think the Big Ten is really tough, and I think Maryland is – I know they had a scare against they played Nebraska the other day. Yeah, um, but th- that happens. Um, but yeah, I think that this team is just they're they're really good and uh, having having good guards and like I said, big man with Smith. Um, they're going to be a tough team to beat. I think come tournament time.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, the only team that's in the conversation in the Big Ten at this point with Maryland would be Penn State based on their record and whatnot. But uh, So Maryland has that scare with Nebraska, and then they have what we would uh, refer to in the business as a statement win (laughs) for Michigan State, which was taken over by Anthony Cowan. And uh, he's a special player, and I think we'll get into how good we think he is soon. But uh, number four in this region was Butler, who just lost to Georgetown, I believe. On Saturday at home, Butler is nineteen and seven on the season. They in the net rankings right now. They sit at uh, trying to find them here. I don't even see it. in twentieth they are right now. So there's no shot they're in the top sixteen. I don't think come tournament time.
1: Yeah, I I don't I don't think so either. Um, I Butler's one of those teams that you know I I think is good but they're not you know great by any
0: means you know they they're eight and five against quad one five and two against quad two so that's not yeah. bad that'll help them but i still right. think that it'd be tough
1: and I, yeah and at the time of this coming out uh their eight quad one wins were second in the nation um that's not the case now of course but i can see why they got put in the top sixteen. i think they're you know. third are they third now
0: because you have Kansas with 10 Baylor with nine Seton all with nine and then Butler with eight. And okay. uh, so, I mean, the big East is the only conference overall right now that I think you could even throw in the conversation with the big 10. I think it's close, but right. Yep. I agree. There's a lot of good teams there, but uh, you're one team to make a run out of the East out of this constructed East.
1: My team is going to, I think Duke's really good, but I'm going to go with Maryland. Um, I am sort of a Big Ten homer, um, but and I've seen Maryland play more than any of these teams, so that's who I'm going to go with.
0: I also have Maryland. I'm not a Big Ten homer, but I still think that they're just so good that it's uh, they have big run written all over them. They almost were able to make a big run last year. They came up short. This year they're even better, I think, and, uh, yeah, I think they have a good chance to do some things in the tournament. Um hmm so right now we will move on to looking at some, of the, some of the bracketologists of the world. Okay. Um, we will be looking at ESPN, which is Lunardi, of course, CBS, which is Palm. And then I printed out a little bit of Haslametrics information because you know what, we go to them in our line, Eye podcast every week. So we might as well look at what their metrical thing is. It's uh, all about seeds that are deserved and whatnot, but we'll start out with ESPN And this is a seed list from yesterday from Lunardi. He has 31 teams with an 80% chance of making the tournament or uh, odds of 80% through the games of February 15th. And a couple of notables there on that list is the bottom three, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Illinois. He has as 80% odds of getting in and 32nd and 33rd on that list are two more big 10 teams of Rutgers and Purdue. So the, Big 10 is very scrunched and crunched up together. Five yeah. teams there from uh, 29 to 33. So really beating each other up um, <laughs> which is what we expected going into it honestly. Right,
1: right. Which which you when you beat each other up like that, you tend to have teams fall down into that 6 7 9 11 ranking, you know. So
0: So we just went over a top the committee's top 16 from a couple weeks ago, this is an updated top 16. Um, We'll just go line from line for ones, twos, threes, and fours. So his current fours um, in order of 13 through 16, Auburn, Creighton, Villanova, and Kentucky. So two big East teams there, two SEC teams there. Um, So the original four that we talked about were Butler, Oregon, uh, Michigan State and Auburn. So Auburn's the only one that holds there. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, well, I just think that State out, obviously.
0: I just think that eventually, I think Kentucky would surpass. If Kentucky beats Auburn at Rupp, I think Kentucky surpasses Auburn. But uh, that's that's they're at sixteen right now. There. Um, then the three seated line from twelve to nine or nine to twelve. Uh, Florida State, Seton Hall, West Virginia, Penn State. So you have an ACC team there, a Big 12, a Big East, and a Penn State Big Ten squad. So, I mean, it's not surprising. I think that Penn State and Maryland are the only top 16 Big Ten teams we'll have unless Penn State completely spirals out of control. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it doesn't seem like the committee is a huge fan of them. They're 17th in the net right now. I don't. I think if they beat Illinois and they win a couple more after that, they're sitting at like twenty-two or twenty-three and five. They could move into the top twelve at that point because Michigan State's still twelfth on the net rankings, which is shocking to me. I don't understand that. And let me just point out <laughs> that no one really likes the net rankings. We're just using them because that's what apparently the committee uses. So we don't. Uh, know. Yeah,
1: I I saw a thing the other day. Um, it said uh, they invented the net ranking so people would. Complain that they don't have the BPI anymore. Or whatever it was. <laughs> so,
0: I could see that being the case. Yeah. A five um, through eight that Lunardi has is uh Duke, Maryland, Dayton, Louisville. So I mean Louisville, seriously? I don't know about that.
1: Louisville where they where does he have Louisville?
0: Eighth overall two seed. I don't think that's gonna happen. Mm. They're twenty one and five, but they just lost two horrible games in a row. Yeah. Yep. And I think I agree. Dayton has a chance to maybe slide into the five spot. They could possibly get a one seat, even though I think if anyone drops out of the one seated race right now, Duke would probably step in. Um, yeah. But that should be interesting. So you have an A ten, a Big Ten, and two ACCs on the second line, and the third line that he has. This is a uh, Lunardi by the way, ESPN for all the folks that are listening. Uh, Baylor number one, Gonzaga or sorry, Kansas number two, Gonzaga three, San Diego State four. So he has San Diego State at four, which I think. I, I assume if San Diego State's undefeated, do you think they're the number one overall seed? Because I, I don't know. I, no, I don't. They are number one in the net, so that that'll help them.
1: I think that um, I think like if Duke wins out and wins ACC tournament, I think they have a good chance. Um, But I think Kansas has a good chance if they win out and end up winning the tournament. They're you know winning the Big Twelve. I just don't see how San Diego's. I don't. Regardless, if they're, I just don't see it. I don't know.
0: So, so their his conference um, is
1: too weak, I think.
0: Yeah, it doesn't help. Um, and their non-conference schedule wasn't, like, tremendously hard, right. I guess. Um, so his current last four in is Indiana, East Tennessee State, Arizona State, and Utah State. So that would mean we would see a scenario where we have another Pac-12 team in, another Big Ten team uh, southern conference team, which is East Tennessee State, and then Utah State, uh, coming out of whatever conference they're that I can't think of on the top of my head. So, yeah.
1: but, but, so, but that could all change because it will change East Tennessee State could win the tournament, get an auto bid, right? Yeah. So, and um, then the, the southern
0: conference wouldn't have anybody at large, right? So the southern, the southern conference right now um, is basically East Tennessee State and everyone else at this <laughs> point. I mean, Furman is there.
1: Green, North North Carolina, Greensboro. And Looks Wofford
0: like is it, and Wofford's the team that made it last year. They're not going to make it. Citadel, we know how bad they are. Um,
1: I don't know. You never know what
0: happens in those uh, conference tournaments, though.
1: But basically, <laughs> basically they're going to get a team in. My thing is, if like NC Greensboro wins the – the Southern Conference Tournament does Eastern Tennessee State get auto get a at large bid?
0: I don't think so. Okay, because I mean,
1: it doesn't I mean it doesn't look that, 40, like they would,
0: but forty second in the net, uh, which matters. And I mean, if you look at their yeah their resume in terms of their uh, quadrant wins, it it's not it's okay. I mean, you look at Furman as two and four against. Uh, top quad teams, one and two. Mm-hmm. And then uh, East Tennessee State is two and two in quad one, two and one in quad two, six and oh in quad three. And they have a quad four loss. They're 10 and one in quad four, so that could hurt them there. And it seems like with the way that they're doing the net rankings, they're valuing bad losses so much. Yeah. So if you have a quad four loss, that is going to hurt. And I think that, mixed along with a few other things, would kill their chances in that large bid.
1: Right. Yep.
0: Now, you can also look at the fact that he has Furman at 49 as an automatic qualifier uh, if they win their conference. So he would have East Tennessee at an at-large bid if that happened today. Okay. So that's interesting to look at. And then um, with the last four – or first four out, next four out, Mm Mm-hmm. We can look at this. It's uh, 69 is where you start. So, with the first four out, he has Minnesota, NC State, Georgetown, and Stanford as your first four out. So, that, I mean, Minnesota is not going to make it. I don't think at this point. I don't think they have a, chance. a lot. Yeah. They drop four in the net. They're one and eight in the road. Uh, and then you look at NC State. Overall, they are um, somewhere on this list. 61st, they don't have a chance, I don't think, either. 5-5, yeah. 61st. 61st. Yeah. Maybe they make it. Small chance, I think, overall. Uh, Georgetown, like I said earlier, Georgetown has a lot of work to do if they want to have a chance. Stanford is just sliding way downhill at this point. Um, And I'm not going to lie, Stanford's like the one team in the country that I haven't even watched this year. I've seen, like, everybody except for Stanford, which is weird because I do watch a lot of Pac-12 games. They are 37th, though, so I think they might have a shot. Uh, they're ahead of Illinois. They're ahead of East Tennessee State and a couple other teams that look like they could get in, Wichita State, so.
1: Where's USC on that list?
0: Are they in? Um, in or out? According to Lunardi, they are nowhere even on here. Really? I don't okay. see USC anywhere because the next four out is VCU, Mississippi State, Richmond, and Alabama. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think that. Uh, first of all, VCU is fifty second overall in the net rankings. Uh, Thirteen and two at home, four and four on the road. You look at their quadrant record: one and five against Quad One, one and two against Quad Two. So. I mean, they're 15-1 and against quad three and four, so I think VCU is going to have to win the A-10 to to even have a chance to uh, make the tournament. They're going to have to get an automatic bid, and the way to do that is are you going to be able to beat Dayton or Rhode Island or Richmond? I don't know. So, I mean, Dayton winning the A-10 is going to kill just about everybody in that conference except for Rhode Island. Right because right now you have Richmond and VCU as a uh, next four out teams. You have Rhode Island as 34th overall, they'd be a nine seed on this. And then you have date news, obviously a lock. Um, but that, that conference might get two bids. Mm-hmm. And then the question becomes, let's say Rhode Island loses in their first game of the Atlantic 10 tournament. And then, Richmond comes out of nowhere and wins the A-10 tournament. Do all three of those teams get a bid then? I think Rhode Island is safe, but you never know. Right. It would take a lot of losing for them to do that. So let's move on to the second part of this stuff that he has. Um, uh, let's see. Notable games for the top seeds. The top uh, eight that he has. Baylor plays... Uh, Oklahoma tomorrow, that's a big game. Kansas plays tonight against Iowa State. Gonzaga plays Thursday against San Francisco. San Diego State plays home against UNLV on Saturday. Dayton and VCU is a big, big game. That'll be on tomorrow, on tomorrow, whatever. Maryland and Northwestern, which should be, you know, could get ugly. Unless Maryland does it against Nebraska, which is mess around. Uh, Florida State tomorrow against Pitt. And Duke Wednesday against NC State. Anything that stands out to you. On those
1: i uh, I think the Baylor playing at Oklahoma is going to be the the biggest one
0: there, um, and that's because Oklahoma's eleven and one at home, so yeah
1: yeah, that'll be so. a huge game.
0: I think that's one that I was looking at, and then the other one I would say is Dayton at VCU tomorrow because, like we said, VCU right now is a bubble team. They're probably a the next four out, so yeah, so they need it, need a win. Yeah, and if they could knock off Dayton, who's twelve and zero and won fourteen in a row, yeah, that would be big. But um, let's say something. Here is the bids by conference. This is a part that's always interesting to look at. The multi-bid conferences, according to Mr. Lunardi here, who I don't really trust that much, but, hey, it's hard <laughs> to trust a bracketologist. They're wrong a lot, and that's why I don't do it.
1: When, when it comes down to picking it, like, before it comes out the day of, he's got to be, like, 99.8%, right?
0: Well, you know what? He needs to be 100 before I trust him. <laughs> okay. Right. He has. We'll start at the bottom. The Southern Conference with two – Mountain West with two, Atlantic 10 with two. So that means Rhode Island and Dayton. And then the Mountain West would be uh, San Diego State and then someone else that I'm forgetting. Southern would be East Tennessee State and Furman. Uh, and then he has the West Coast and the American with three each. SEC and ACC with four. Pac 12 and Big 12 with five. Big East with six. And the Big 10 with 11. So he is, saying, he is saying he's the, crazy. The Big 10 will have. Everybody but three, right? Everybody but Minnesota, Nebraska, and Northwestern.
1: Yeah. So um, I mean, Utah State is a team you can think of, by the way.
0: Yeah. Um, and then uh, let's yeah. see. Yeah, that seems uh, seems like a lot, but I would be surprised if the Big Ten got eleven. I think nine is about where they'll end up because yeah. I think that Illinois could drop out, or Minnes or not Minnesota. Um, Rutgers could drop out because
1: purdue
0: yeah the committee has got to be worried about indiana yep (laughs) yep the committee has got to be worried about rutgers road record i mean i would be they won one freaking game on the road i mean purdue purdue right now is 14 and 12
1: so they cannot
0: justify a 16 and 15 game. yeah
1: so say they win three more games they end up 17 and 14 they're gonna let them in at 17 and 14
0: what if they lose in the big ten tournament first game then they 're seventeen and fifteen i yeah. can't they can 't do that no way. i don 't care whether you 're a big ten homer or not they can 't do that no absolutely. not. This is a Purdue team that got absolutely blown away at home by Illinois and Penn State, mm. blown away like yeah. the second halves of both of those games were a joke.
1: they are not good but
0: i mean the the thing with Purdue mm-hmm. though is like i 've been saying, and a lot of people have been saying. One day they're the worst team in the in the in the country. The <laughs> next day they're the best team. So it's True. hit or miss. Um, I don't think they deserve to be in if they if they have that bad of a record. But now we get over to the interesting part of bracketology, which is Haslometrics bracketology deserves. And I'm going to go over the description of this because it can be a little confusing.
1: Okay, sounds um, confusing. I thought we were having like cake or something. I thought you said desserts.
0: Okay, uh, <laughs> projected. Deserving qualifiers see slash seeds for this year's NCAA tournament if regular season ended today. Projections show utilize, shown utilize the time-dependent ratings displayed above, which I don't have. Estimates <laughs> are more heavily predicated on current wins slash losses, not overall strength or margin of victory. Projections below will only be updated through Selection Sunday, which I don't know why I even said that last part. But um, – the number ones that they have are Baylor, Kansas, San Diego State, and Duke. Yes. So Gonzaga's bumped to the two-line, and then the two-line has two Big Ten teams, which is Gonzaga, Maryland, Penn State, and Dayton. Um, I'd be surprised if Maryland and Penn State both got two seats.
1: I would be, too. Um, I think that they would both have to run it out pretty close, to. Um,
0: and they would probably um, both have to make it to the Big Ten Championship. Big Ten, I think they'd have to play each other in the Big Ten Championship. And then the winner, if if like Duke falls off a little bit and then Baylor or Kansas, something happens to them, then Maryland can get a one if yeah. they went out and win every single game left, including yeah. the Big Ten Tournament. That would be tough. Um, I think Dayton and Gonzaga are safe on the one or two line right now. Uh, threes, he has Auburn, Florida State, Creighton, and Oregon. So Creighton has a Creighton's three.
1: A- Interesting choice.
0: They've been hot. That helps. Uh, so then to the four, he has West Virginia, Villanova, uh, Colorado, and Seton Hall. So a Pac-12, a Big 12, a Big East, and another Big East. I think Seton Hall um, can only go up. They've lost a couple in a row. If they start winning more, I think they could get closer to the three line mm-hmm. right there probably. Um, West Virginia, I, I don't know about them right now. I think Kentucky is is right there on the four line, and they should be so. Uh, five seeds. He has number one five seed is Kentucky, then Louisville, Butler, and Ohio State. Which I mean, those metrics they love Ohio State, they love Michigan State, mm, yeah, Ohio Purdue. State's all those been getting teams. a lot of love. Yeah. So um, the six seed line he has Marquette, Iowa, Michigan State, and Arizona. So. Iowa and Michigan State, a couple of Big Ten teams, on the six there, mm-hmm. and then seven: Michigan, BYU, Houston, and LSU. Which I think that uh, Michigan is starting to play better. I think the better that they play, the more games that they win. With the fact that it seems like the committee already loves these types of teams.
1: <clears throat> those early, those early wins. Yeah, which, which it, it Is amazing to me is that they factor in these games from you know November. That you know, teams aren't even close to their potential, and Michigan wins a couple of them, and now their statistics are fantastic for the rest of the year.
0: Michigan beat North Carolina, which doesn't matter anymore, no matter what North Carolina ranked at that point. That doesn't matter. Um, eight seeds he has Wisconsin, which is a joke, Marys, (laughs) Rutgers, and and
1: 10 Wisconsin.
0: I I don't I don't understand some of this stuff. I mean, Rutgers, like I said, I'm still worried about the fact they've only won one road game, and they're 0-2 in neutral games. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas Tech has been pretty bad this year. They just lost to Oklahoma State. They've taken a bit of a step back, which happens when you lose someone like Jarrett Culver. But uh, nine seasons, he has Illinois, Wichita State, Utah State, and Florida, which, you know, that's whatever. Yep. That would match up Illinois with uh, Wisconsin in the first round or something like that or St. Mary's, but that doesn't matter at this point. Uh, Oklahoma, Northern Iowa, USC, and Richmond are the 10s. You're going to love this. The 11, Purdue, (laughs) Virginia, Arizona State, and a play-in. And then – which that play-in would be uh, Rhode Island or Cincinnati. And then 12, Furman, Liberty – and Yale, and then a plan of Xavier, Mississippi State, thirteen, Stephen F. Austin, uh, the former school of our guy Brad Underwood, of course, uh-huh. Vermont, Akron, North Texas, which some of these uh, do matter at this point. Oh boy, let's say this: uh, Illinois, uh, ends up, uh, Illinois ends up as a six or an eleven. They win their first game. Akron's a 13. They beat a three-seed. Akron versus Illinois in the second round. We need that. That's rating central.
1: <laughs> Let's get it.
0: Because everyone in the country cares about John Gross and the Illini. That's right. Yeah, whatever. Um, they should. I'm going to skip 14 through 16 because it doesn't yeah, even matter. Those are just, just went. Yeah, those don't matter. Uh, here are the eight teams listed as out right now. The first eight out. Arkansas, Stanford, Indiana, Georgetown, East Tennessee State is out. Alabama, South Carolina, and Minnesota. So the conference is there, two big or three SECs, a Big East, a Southern, a Pac-12, two Big Tens. Out of those eight, so that's a lot of bracketology, right that there. Was, My head is spinning. I've,
1: I've been bracketology for the last twenty minutes.
0: I was gonna say we go over what Jared <clears throat> Palm has for CBS, but I mean, I don't want to go over all the seeds again. We can just go over the bubble and some of that stuff. Yeah, uh, some of the match-ups. Save
1: let's save it for the bubble talk.
0: Yeah, uh, let's see. Net rankings we've already talked a ton about, which, I mean, there's nothing that really stands out. I mean, one of the things that really stands out to me is Kentucky and Auburn as 24 and 25, and then Ohio State is 18, Louisville still at number nine. Other than that, I don't really care about the net rankings. I don't know Man. why they use this. I don't get it.
1: <laughs> it was supposed to be better.
0: Yeah, that's the only reason why
1: you know the ncaa doing doing things better
0: yeah so we've already gone over the conferences and all the looks there we've already gone over bids by conference we can go through that and we'll now we'll get to the uh, fun part which is x-factor players in i think i put 10 conferences because you know what i don't want to name an x-factor player from the uh insert made up conference <laughs> that's i don't feel like doing that okay from we'll the start me,
1: from the metro atlantic athletic conference you don't want not gonna throw that out there no know.
0: all right Fine. so vector players what we define these as are um you know players who can help lead their teams to runs in the tournament And just those X-Factor big time, that's your number one guy, that's your go-to guy now. That doesn't mean we picked all leading scorers or we didn't pick all the best players on every team, which there's a difference between best and X-Factor. I think that the people in America need to understand that. But um, I agree. In the Pac-12, you picked a player from Colorado, huh? I did.
1: Um, I don't know. I I can't say that I've watched a lot of Pac-12 basketball. I picked Tyler Bay Jr. from Colorado. Um, He's averaging 13.2 points a game. This is really why I picked him. Um, He's shooting 51% from the field, 50% from behind the
0: arc. How is that possible? I don't know.
1: Guy's amazing. Nine rebounds per game, 1.6 steals per game, 1.3 blocks per game. Seems like a player. For a guard, he's doing a lot of things. Um, Haven't seen him play, but that's what I'm going with.
0: (laughs) So I don't have all these fancy stats because I just wrote it on a notepad, but that's fine. The definition of an X Factor player to me is Peyton Pritchard who's scoring at a high (laughs) rate. Apparently apparently this
1: Peyton Pritchard's pretty good. I need to watch him play.
0: Oregon is the best team in the Pac twelve. They're the most See, equipped to make a run.
1: I'm usually asleep by the
0: time Pac 12 comes on. So I watch it number one because I like college basketball. Number two, because Bill Walton. And number three, <laughs> I can't be Bill Walton. Of just overall, I think it's an important conference. It's a good conference, solid conference. It's not the conference of champions, like Bill tends to say a lot, but it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, when was the last time a Pac 12 team won the tournament? It's been a while, I think. <laughs> unless I'm forgetting something. But um Pritchard I is just it. that guy. He's made big plays in the tournament. He's led Oregon on runs, and he's playing his best this year. So why the hell not? Uh, yeah, why not? Like SEC, it. you're heading over to the great program known as the Kentucky Wildcats, yes?
1: Yes, I'm going to go
0: uh,
1: Ashton Um Found out the last game that I watched him play in um he he's the fourth leading scorer on the team with 12.3 um has 4.2 rebounds per game two steals per game which is a nice number um big reason why i picked him he's averaging almost seven assists per game i love a guard that can dish the ball and run a game i feel like him being a sophomore uh is actually pretty experienced for kentucky um and and as you'll see in um a lot of my picks, I wouldn't say all of them, um, I, I I tend to lean, lean towards guards just because I feel like, you know, the floor general, if you have one of those that can run the game for you, a coach on the floor, it can lead to deep runs in the tournament.
0: So, so I don't think there's a player, there's very few players in the country that have made a better year one to year two leap than Ashton Higgins. I mean, he's so... He does everything. He's not a great shooter, but they Mm -hmm. have other guards for that. This Kentucky team is very balanced. They're not as deep as I'd like them to be. I fall into the trap of picking them every year. I might even do it (laughs) this year, but I really Uh like this Kentucky team, and I'm going to another Kentucky player, another guard, a freshman this time because their lineup doesn't have very many freshmen. I think the only one is this guy, and that is Tyrese Maxey, who is by far their best shooter. Um, on the floor and he just plays so well with quickly and so well with Hagen's. Now Maxie and quickly aren't great defensively, but Higgins really is uh, on the perimeter. I just think that Maxie's a, he can be a big shot maker and uh, uh-huh. with all the balance that Kentucky has, I mean, they can get inside and score, they can shoot and they have a great passer in Higgins. I think Maxie's is just a big shot maker. And I think that that's the guy that I would go to at the end of a game in the tournament. Yep. For Kentucky. Uh, In the Big Ten, you're headed over to Maryland, yes?
1: Maryland, yes. Anthony Cowan, Jr., um, senior guard, probably one of the best guards in the nation um, as far as just being able to do everything. Uh, Averaging 16 points a game, uh, three-and-a-half rebounds and and four-and-a-half assists. Um, I feel like he can just – if he needs to score a bucket, he can score a bucket. If he needs to drive, you know – and and make a dish he can do that and then he locks down on defense too um so just all around a great senior guard and senior guards like i said lead to the promised land so not cassius winston i i honestly think he's better than cassius winston this gonna, year i yeah. throw that out there this year yeah
0: yeah and a lot of people love cassius winston but come on um I'm also going with Anthony Cowan. I think if Maryland's going to make any sort of run, he needs to be the guy. He can score 20 points in his sleep if he wanted to. Um, He can really shoot. He had five threes against Michigan State and carried them towards the end to win that game. Uh, He's definitely one of the best point guards in the country. You've seen it time and time again this year. He's got so many games where he's put up 20-plus, and -hmm. they can win without him doing that, but he is the guy.
1: Yeah, because absolutely. you look
0: at their guys in the wing. You have Aaron Wiggins. You have Eric Ayala. Um, he can dish them. I mean, he's going to bring a lot of attention. Yes, himself, and he yes. can go. Maryland is Maryland and Kentucky, very similar teams, I think, in the tournament. And um, you know what? Maybe they'll both be in the final four. Maybe I'll pick that.
1: I don't know. I'd <laughs> be a I'm pick.
0: into a trap a lot of times, but in the in the Big Twelve, where are you going?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with Kansas. I'm gonna go with Azubuki. Um just a freaking man among children, I feel. Uh he's averaging thirteen points a game, ten rebounds, and he's seventy three point four percent from the field and gets about two and a half blocks a game. So um I feel he's gonna be a big part of Kansas going deep. Um as long as he can stay out of foul trouble and you know, do what he does. So
0: Yeah, so I'm also sticking with the Jayhawks here. As much as I wanted to go with Baylor and look at a player on their team, I just – I don't know. Devon Dotson at Kansas is the guy. I mean, he's so good. He Uh, is. He can make a lot of things happen offensively for them. And um, I wanted to be a little bit different than you in this regard. I didn't want to pick the same players too much because I know we picked Allen. Yeah. and when we get to the Atlantic 10, there's an obvious choice there, but we
1: are, we are picking the same teams though. If that says anything about how, how good these teams are.
0: Yeah. The only one that we had different was you picked someone from Colorado. I picked one from Oregon, but it could <laughs> get a little different here soon. Let's go to the ACC, right. which ACC. is not different. <laughs> um,
1: I actually, I have Trey Jones or Vernon Carey. Um, couldn't, even I, one, huh? couldn't even pick one. You uh, couldn't even pick one. I think they're so both so essential to the team. Um, I, I Vernon Carey is probably the better scorer, um, but, again, clutch guards. The way Trey Jones took over that UNC game, banking it off the rim and, and basically put the team on his back to beat UNC. Um, I'm going to go with Trey Jones, I guess, over Vernon
0: Carey. I went with Vernon Carey. So.
1: Okay, well, there we go. <laughs>
0: um, if those two are clicking, then Duke is going to make a run of some sort. I would assume. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of teams that have the bodies to stop or slow down Vernon Carey. Um, He is one of the best freshmen Coach K has had. And he's not the best, but he's one of the best. I I still think Zion's probably a little more dominant at the college level. Yeah. But he had health health issues, staying healthy down the stretch. Right. Uh, But I had to go with Vernon Carey. Let's go over to the Big East, which I think that you forgot. Uh Uh-oh. I mean,
1: Uh-oh. I'm sure best conference in. I'm guessing it's uh, who's the guard from Seton
0: Hall? Yeah, Miles Powell, Seton Hall. That's that's the guy that there I got. Go. He's it's he dominated. He dominated the tournament last year. Yeah, it, they didn't do a ton, but he was so good in the tournament. Um, like I said, we both agree: big time guards are yeah. big time players in March. Absolutely, big-time. that's what you got to have. So, uh, West Coast Conference, which. You know,
1: (laughs) Gonzaga, Gonzaga? (laughs) Um, I picked Philip Petrusiv.
0: who I mentioned earlier. So, ha, you did. I I know about earlier.
1: Sophomore forward averaging almost 18 points a game, eight rebounds, 1.3 assists. Um, Haven't really watched a lot of West Coast Conference basketball. Haven't watched a lot of Gonzaga. So I picked the uh, top scorer from the best team in the West Coast Conference.
0: That that's go. not a bad formula. I went with Killian <laughs> Tilly, who has had struggling uh, to stay healthy this season. But I think uh, you see he comes back a couple games ago and just dominated. I mean, I think that Killian Tilly is going to be a big time scorer that they're going to need. They have the size. Gonzaga yeah. has the size to to do some damage. I think Gonzaga and Duke would be a hell of a matchup down low, yeah. um, with Petrušev and tilly and Carrie and all those guys but uh yeah i mean you can't you can't really talk about the west coast conference with anyone except for gonzaga same right <laughs> whatever but yeah, yeah um that's all i gotta say about the west coast conference uh-huh. tremendous basketball conference totally um byu's not bad right? yeah the, i don't watch the west coast basketball they got a chance ever. to get in the only team i ever watch is gonzaga oh, it's not too great. late it's on at like eleven o'clock. <laughs> like the Pac twelve. Which the Pac twelve is usually like a nine o'clock, eight o'clock, ten o'clock thing. The the they got West Coast games starting at three AM. I mean, it's it's weird. Uh on to the mountain west, which I mean, if you don't pick someone from San Diego State, they're doing it wrong.
1: Um, I got uh Merrill from Utah State. No, I got uh, Malachi Flynn, junior guard from San Diego State, averaging 16.5 a a game, four rebounds per game for a guard is pretty good, uh, five assists, so he likes to dish the ball, and he's averaging almost two steals a game. Um, Like I said, guards are what I'm going to go with 90% of the time, and he seems to be the uh, best scoring guard on that team.
0: Yeah, yeah. I also went with someone from this team. Okay. But I went with Matt Mitchell, San Diego State. He is a forward. He's only 6'6, so he's basically, you know, a guard. Yeah. Um I saw him make a really cool dunk the other night. Okay. And he also averages uh twelve points a game. And I think that San Diego State's depth scoring is very, very good. Um, he had he's been hot as of late too. He had 28 against Utah State, 22 against New Mexico, where they just killed New Mexico. He's been consistent, scoring double digits almost every game. He's getting uh, about eh, about four or five boards, eight boards. He had 12 against New Mexico. Um, overall, he's averaging 10 a game, uh, which it said it said 12, but it's lying to me, I guess.
1: 10 what a game.
0: Ten points a game, twelve point four. Twelve point four. Why? The, San Diego <laughs> State needs to fix their website. It's so confusing. Yeah, he's whatever.
1: Twelve point four.
0: Good friend. He's so. the guy. He's gonna be. He's, so he's good. the
1: man that's gonna carry him. All right. Missouri
0: Valley, yeah. uh,
1: Northern Iowa, AJ Green, sophomore guard, twenty the points a game. For the Bengals? <laughs> no, the guard for the Bobcats. Northern Iowa name? Bobcats. There's some sort of cat.
0: They've made like four tournament runs in my life. They, yeah. they do something.
1: They do something.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: 20 points a game, three rebounds a game, three assists per game, and he's shooting 40.6% from behind the arc so he can he can light it up. The man can score in the Missouri Valley Conference.
0: I have Trey Burrow or Burr Howe, or I don't know how you say that name, but he's he's been good. I think he's second on their team in scoring. Um, Panthers. Said, They're the Panthers. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was Bobcats, to be honest. I was buying that. Yeah, it looks like a Bobcat. They're yeah, like the same. Well, we'll see what they do down the stretch. Uh, last two conferences, Atlantic 10 we both went with Obviously. three, two, one, Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Best player in the country, I think.
1: Yeah. He he's unreal. Uh averaging nineteen and a half a game, seven point eight rebounds, two assists, shooting sixty-three percent from the field. The
0: man is a beast. He would be right at the top of the list for uh national player of the year, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, I think he's I think he's probably leading it.
0: Pretty so you, you went big time you went big time chalk with the American Athletic, huh? I did.
1: Jaron Cumberland. Do you guys know who that is? Seemed pretty good.
0: I don't even. I mean, I everyone was all over him last year, and they lost. Senior him the first guard. Round. I think he was.
1: Yeah, I think that he was uh, leading, like in the top of the player of the year race before the season started. Yeah. Um, averaging fifteen a game, uh, five assists a game. Uh, can distribute the ball well, Um, and he's a senior guard, so that's why I picked him.
0: Well, I went with uh, Nate Hinton. 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 typing his
1: name in right now. Are
0: you sure that you went with him? I'm trying to see his stats because I wrote something down 10 and 9. Who does he play for? Houston. I wrote down 10, 9, and ASG, so I was making sure that it was 10 10 points, 9 rebounds a game. (laughs) Forty percent from the field. I I did write that down. I was just double checking, doing okay. my due diligence. Bad boy. I I like it. Houston has a solid squad. I think they could make some sort of a run. They did last year. They did lose some some big time players from last year's team. But uh, Hinton is third on the team in scoring. Dang.
1: Nine um, rebounds as a guard. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's the main reason that I was like, wow, he's six five guard, nine boards. Yeah. His shot percentage forty percent, which isn't you know great. It's not Obi Toppin like. <laughs> no. but he's not, he's not a guard so i don't know why i said that 38 <laughs> percent from three so he's not a great efficient shooter or scorer but he gets boards he's kind of a little bit reminds me of a less shooting ability of alan griffin i think yeah. he gets rebounds i think alan griffin's probably a little bit of a better shooter but um they seem to both be inconsistent <clears throat> when it comes to scoring but right that's the line eye goggles and me coming out there. So yeah, that's all right. Let's move on to the uh bubble, the bubble. The bubble. And I'm gonna go off of what CBS has and what they determine as a bubble. Okay. As of right now. But first we'll go with the team that you wrote down, which Virginia on the bubble. The team that yes. won it all last year. They lost Kyle Guy. They lost Ty Jerome, they lost DeAndre Hunter. So they did lose a lot from last year's team, but they still have a couple of guys, Key A Clark. And uh, that one big dude that I forgot his name. Um, uh, can't think of it. Right Day Diak something. It's a wild name, but he's still there. Yeah. Um.
1: Diak Deoc- Diakite.
0: Something um, cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I a lot of brackets have them um, as like a twelve seed right now. Um, from what I have seen. I don't know what your thing said. I wasn't really listening.
0: I wasn't either.
1: <laughs> but they've won uh, six – or five out of their last six games, only losing to Louisville, um, That which includes a win against Florida State. So uh, beat North Carolina by two on Saturday. That's a good win these days. Um, so, yeah, I, it's just – I figured we need to talk about them. They did win the national championship last year, now – we're wondering if they're going to get in it seems like uh, the way they're going that they're probably more of a lock than they were you know two days ago when i wrote this but
0: i do think they get in i think that uh they're 11 right now on cbs they're listed as an 11c which is what will okay. go off with the bubble because that's the one that has the bubble they have one two in a row nine and five in the acc they're 55th in the uh net rankings but uh who cares at this point they're three and three at the quad, four and three uh, quad two three and three quad one, I was saying ten and one total against three and four quadrants of sorts uh, strength of schedule in the ACC is uh sixty sixth non conference is one hundred and sixty first so Virginia is a bubble team, but they are trending upward at this point yes, uh, next up on the bubble quote unquote is Houston. Who is 20 and 6 in the season? They did lose their last game, 27th in the net. Uh, They're 2 and 4 in quad one, which could hurt them, but right now they're coming up as about a six seed. So I think they're pretty safe as long as they don't really fall apart down the stretch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next up on the bubble is LSU. They're 9 and 3 in the SEC, which is big. Yeah. Um, I think that they're close to a lock. They're 2 and 5 in quad one. Uh, right now they're listed as a seven, so I think there's a good chance they get in as well. If yeah. they could find a way to beat Kentucky tomorrow, then the really conversation could shift in the SEC. Um, a couple more we'll go over here, a couple of Big Ten teams, Illinois, Rutgers, uh, Indiana, Purdue, Wisconsin. Those are all listed as bubble teams right now.
1: Yeah, I think, it, and I think that it, it's going to stay that way with the Big Ten. It's just going to depend on how these teams finish, you know. Um. Down the stretch, what happens? So, uh,
0: yeah, that'll be interesting. I think that uh, if you look at the Big Ten as a whole, I mean, if they're going to get eleven bids, it's going to take a lot of luck. Yeah, I don't think they can get the rest of these bubble teams in. Um, Illinois dropped four in a row. Rutgers has one freaking road win, which I'm going to say forever until they win <laughs> on the road, which they need to do.
1: What's amazing is that they have they've had nineteen home games and
0: it's ridiculous nine
1: away games.
0: I don't get how the how the hell that's possible. I really don't. It seems like a lot of teams in the Big 10 have that though. Yeah. I don't know. So um let's see anything else in the bubble. Cincinnati, I think they're close to being off the bubble. They beat Memphis at this that was a big bubble game. Memphis is as close to being done as they could be. They've lost 3 games in a row, and honestly, who even wants to watch Memphis in the tournament at this point? They don't have James Wiseman anymore. What's the point? Yeah. I agree. Memphis, Uh, I don't think
1: Memphis will
0: get in. USC, BYU, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, also some bubble teams. It seems like everyone from the Final Four last year is limping in some (laughs) way. Like, Texas Tech and Virginia are bubble teams. Auburn, Auburn's good, but it feels like they're a little bit of a fraudulent 23-3 and team or whatever they are. Like, I don't think they're as good as their record uh, 22 and three. And then, um, the other team is Michigan state who has not lived up to the expectations they had this year. Yeah. But yeah, bubble wise. I mean, everything's making my head spin at this point. We'll move on from the bubble. Um, (laughs) national player of the year list. I see that you listed five players, which I did tell you to add Marcus Howard. I don't know if you're going to do that, but Hey, shout out. I was not. Yeah. That's what I thought. Ha. Uh, (laughs) So, your five guys are Obi Toppin, uh-huh. Luca Garza, who I know you love. I do. Miles Powell, Peyton Pritchard, and Marcus Howard, who I already said. But um, out of these five, in my opinion, if I had to rank them and their chances, I think the way that you put it is pretty accurate. Although I think I might flip <laughs> Pritchard and Howard just because I feel like they're like. Howard's averaging twenty six a game. Oh my god!
1: Yeah, well, that's a. Well, once I started looking into him, he's Howard's averaging twenty eight over the last eight games. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and he's he's now the Big East all time leading scorer. So
0: that's not too bad.
1: Yeah. Well, pretty good, but seems yeah. like a
0: fine player. Yeah.
1: Um. I yeah. I think Peyton Pritchard and Miles Powell are probably.
0: Long shots, yeah,
1: yeah. Long shots. I really think it's between Toppin and Garza at this point, um, it, because just because um, I think I think Toppin it has more of a chance, just because his statistics have been consistent all year, um, and he they they say that not only is he a great offensive player, he's a great defensive player, um, so. I think that that mixed with Dayton being really good right now, being twenty three and two or whatever they are yeah. um, looks a lot better than Garza and Iowa, who are uh, eighteen and eight right now, so it was with some games that they've really struggled, but there's no doubt that garza is is really really good um, he's averaging you know twenty four points a game almost ten rebounds a game. He shoots fifty five percent from the field and he shoots almost forty percent from three. For a big man, uh six eleven, that's pretty impressive. So yeah. I, I think it's I really think it's a two man race. I think that it it all depends on how how, you know, the rest of the season goes for both teams because you don't just pick a team that, you know, is a or you don't pick a guy that's on a team that gets a nine seed in the tournament.
0: I think that I would pick Toppin. Yeah. Um I'm not saying that because I've been known to not be a huge fan of Luca Garza. <laughs> I'm not denying how good he is, but then again, Dayton's just been incredible. Obi Toppin has been so consistent yes. both sides of the floor. I mean, it's just uh you know, it helps Garza's numbers when he gets to the line 400 times a game and um Absolutely. he never he never gets in foul trouble somehow.
1: Exactly. And he gets a lot of a lot of calls, it seems
0: like. So. Especially at home. But hey, Gars is great. He'll probably be second in this. Maybe he'll be first. Who knows? I don't know yeah. how much they value personal statistics slash team success. I would value both heavily, but I would also think that Dayton being as good as they are and Topping being the guy, because Joe Wieskamp has been good for Iowa. He's been their second best scorer. Um he's been good I mean you have Jalen Crutcher for Dayton but whatever we'll, we'll see how it shakes I should get close uh, down the stretch we'll move on though to coaches and some coaches that have stood out this season I believe you have uh, three listed yeah
1: I did add Patrick Chambers since yep. you said it right
0: before we started but yeah so first you have Kevin Willard at Seton Hall who has done an excellent job and yes. Seton Hall has been very good this year Seton Hall has been very good so Anthony Grant from Dayton, you have? I do.
1: Anthony Grant, um, he was at VCU, uh, got and then went to Alabama, and that's when Shaka Smart came into VCU. Uh, ended up getting fired from Alabama, went to uh, Kansas City uh, Thunder for a little bit, and he took over the Dayton program after Mar- Archie Miller left for Indiana. Um, they were 14 and 17 his first year. Um, twenty one and twelve last year, and now they 've started twenty three and two and they 're twelve and 0 in the atlantic ten so he's he 's doing something down in dayton um I, would say, I think Archie Miller always had a pretty good team in dayton
0: yeah um maybe not
1: this good, but no not this good so yeah he 's definitely changing things around down
0: there uh Brian dudger. Ducher, I don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, I'd, I'd go with Dutcher. One of them sounds worse than the other, I guess. But <laughs> Correct. Dutcher, I, you know. Uh-huh. I'm not saying what everyone thinks, but they are 26-0 and San Diego State, uh-huh. and he's been pretty good.
1: Yeah, he's uh, been there since 2017. They've won 20-plus games every year, um, but they haven't made it out of the first round of the tournament yet. So – Take it as you will. I think it's pretty um,
0: safe if they're a one seed.
1: But yeah, I I was looking up this guy. Like I didn't know anything about him until I started looking, but uh he was uh he was with Steve Fisher at Michigan and then um coming back to San Diego State, kind of took over Steve Fisher here. But uh, they said he was essential in recruiting the Fab Five and landing Kwai Leonard for San Diego State. So um Definitely, definitely a recruiter, apparently. I mean, we get yeah, names like so. that. Um, so.
0: Then you have Pat Chambers at Penn State. So a guy that everyone at Penn State wanted fired a yes. few years ago up until probably this season and how good they've been.
1: So, yeah, um, he, Pat Chambers, uh, has been there since 2011, which seems like forever um, for the college last-
0: Did he make the tournament his first year or did he come in after they made the tournament? I think he made
1: the tournament his first year. Okay. um, Lost in the first round to Temple. Um, But so his record overall at Penn State is 134 and 141. So under 500. And his Big Ten record, you ready for this number? Sure. It's going to be excellent (laughs) 38 and 97. My so God, uh, Penn State fans had a reason. One, yeah, <laughs> I'm fired. surprised he's still there. Uh, yeah, that's what I. I'm, I'm shocked. But you know, Penn State had their own stuff they had to worry about in other sports. So I'm sure they just said,
0: you know what, do what you want to do over there. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I feel like Penn State's had a lot of one-player-driven teams, like a yeah. lot of just very top-heavy, only one or two guys. I think this year they're a little bit more balanced.
1: Yes. Yep. So yeah, he's he's definitely uh it took him a while, but this Penn State team's definitely uh really good. Really good.
0: That they are. Um I would also like to elect uh John Gross at Akron, of course. What a great job he's done. He has so turned great that
1: program around. Probably gonna make uh, the first
0: tournament for the first time and I don't know. Yeah, Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> um next up we will go with the quad win uh, quad win loss leaderboard. And I just want to go over the top five quad one teams in terms of wins. Uh, it goes to seven. There's five teams tied with seven, but you have Kansas is 10 and three against quad one. Baylor's 9 and 0. Seton Hall is 9 and 6. Butler's 8 and 5. And then seven win quad one teams are Maryland, Penn State, Creighton, Iowa, and Wisconsin. So Wisconsin does have seven quad one wins. Oh. They're 7 and 8 in that regard. So that'll help their case as they try to get into the tournament. No wonder they
1: think that everybody thinks they're still in. I mean, that they're in. And in in pretty good. I mean in over Rutgers and Illinois and Purdue and Indiana who's all a bubble team. Wisconsin was were they on the bubble? Yes. Yes.
0: Fifteen and okay. ten, yeah. All right. Thirty well, first in the net ninety eight percent chance to get in. Yeah, I don't care about that. Uh <laughs> The couple of notable teams that have quad four losses, just for fun here, Kentucky has one, and Providence has one. Now, if Kentucky's one quad four loss is holding them back from being in the top 20 net, that makes no sense. Uh, They're 6-0 against quad three, three 3-1 against quad two, and and 5-3 against quad uh, whatever, one. (laughs) So, I mean, they do have one quad four loss. That's probably killing them right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's really nothing else with the quad stuff. It's going to get more intense. This is kind of like a I'm preview down. one. Yeah. Just kind of getting ready for mm-hmm. everything that's going to go down. Because it's going to get pretty insane, I'd assume. Uh, yes. It'll be interesting to see. We'll go over this here. This is from four days ago, so it could change. The J. Billis Index, of course. National Championship favorites, Elite Eight possibles, and Sweet 16 contenders. We'll start with the Sweet 16 contenders. The 10 teams he has here are... West Virginia, Creighton, Iowa, Ohio State, Rutgers, Arizona, Houston, BYU, Michigan, and Saint Mary's. Anything that stands out there? Uh Saint Mary's? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Um, yeah, I St. Mary's is a projected uh nine according to CBS. Okay. If I had to pick a team there that I think could really, really be a sweet 16 contender, I think it'd be Arizona. Because I feel like they have Nico Mannion, who's a fantastic guard when he's actually playing well. They're a six right now. That could be kind of favorable. Let's say they're a six, and then their three seed they play would be like Creighton or Villanova or someone like that they could beat. Um, I like Arizona's chances, and I also like uh, Houston's chances as well because of their depth scoring.
1: I think uh I really think Iowa has a good chance. Um as much as I don't like Iowa. Um if they get Frederick back
0: who is lights out, you know, shooter. Um it's just the defense that I'd be worried about with yeah. Iowa because their defense is horrendous for a Big 10 team. I guess it
1: depends on who they get matched up with. Um
0: if they draw someone like uh some run and gun team that Yeah. <laughs> yep. Or a team like um, Marquette, somewhere in there. If Marquette made the tournament, Uh trying to stop Marcus Howard could be a problem. Uh, If they run into a – even like a Michigan scores a lot, I think uh, Maryland would kill them. I don't know. Yeah. They're going to have trouble if they run into a team that could score. Kentucky – would be a nightmare matchup for Iowa, I think, because when you have Kentucky has such good front court defense uh, defense with Richards and Montgomery, and then they have one of the better point guard defenders in the country with Hagans Kentucky would really lock, lock in on Iowa. Now, if Kentucky were to shoot like they did against Ole Miss when they made like two out of 23s, that could be a problem, but I think that Iowa's defense is the one thing that concerns me for them. Yeah. Now Elite Eight Possibles is where Billis gets a little <laughs> Very Auburn, crazy here. Auburn, Penn State, Villanova, that's fine. Kentucky and Oregon, that's fine. LSU, eh. Butler, Illinois, LOL, Texas <laughs> Tech, and Michigan State. Anything that stands out there? Uh I
1: well. It's amazing because like three of these teams, three, four of these teams are on the bubble. (laughs) Um, So, I don't know. Illinois, I I love them. I love them. I don't think they can make the lead eight. Um, I would say, obviously, Auburn um, can. Penn State can. Uh, Kentucky, definitely.
0: Villanova and Oregon could too yeah yeah i think the top Um, five but i think he has to
1: throw in you know a couple of those um you know oddballs in there and because people don't talk about it if you don't do that so it's all about clicks and clicks
0: yeah why not throw like uh nebraska or northwestern in there huh yeah get really really (laughs) wild
1: be really clicky yeah,
0: um, and by the way, just looking at CBS bracketology from Jerry Palm, uh, he went to Purdue and he has Purdue as a first four out team, so okay. he's not being very biased with his alma mater. So congrats to him on that. Good, that's why um, I like to see. And the national championship favorites, according to Billis, here: Baylor, Kansas, Gonzaga, Louisville, Duke, San Diego State, Dayton, Florida State, Seton Hall, Maryland. I agree with all of this except I don't think Louisville is going to win the tournament. Sorry. Really? Okay. Nope. Don't um, think. I think the other nine have a chance. Now Seton Hall, and Dayton. I don't know. I don't know how I, much I can trust. I there. don't know
1: about Seton Hall. Um, I don't. I think Florida State has a chance to make the Final Four, maybe. But
0: um, yeah, I'm a little concerned
1: with as far that. As national champions, um, I don't. I know I would, San Diego State. I States. would have to say right now, I'm thinking Kansas or Duke have the best chance.
0: I don't. I don't know. I know that San Diego stays twenty six and zero, but I don't know if I think of them as a favorite. You know how many teams they're gonna have to go through unless they get super lucky to get yeah. to the national championship. I don't think they can string together wins against like Kansas or even Duke or Maryland or yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I,
1: don't I, would, they say- I would
0: put. Um, I would put Kentucky as a national championship favorite, because like I said, I always always stand up for Kentucky in the tournament and it never works out, but uh, (laughs) I've picked them for like the last six out of eight years to win it all. And the one time they did win it all, I did not pick them. (laughs) So yeah.
1: Maybe you shouldn't pick them. I mean, that's the problem.
0: I might not pick them. I I think I can, I think I'll pick them to make a run, but it's all about the region that they're in. That's all that matters here. Uh, next up, a couple more things before we're done here. Uh, top NBA prospects are not making it to March Madness. And as John Rothstein has said, the returning talent is much more vital than the incoming talent a lot of times. And we have seen that on multiple occasions. Um, look at North Carolina, for example. Cole Anthony, one of the better freshmen in the country, yes, coming in and they lose some guys and now they're terrible this year. So that's simple. Cole Anthony's not going to be in it. Anthony Edwards who could be the number 1 pick will not be in it at Georgia. Uh-huh. And then yeah. uh, a couple guys from Washington, Jaden McDaniels, Isaiah Stewart who are How is How does, how does
1: Washington have two guys on this and they're <laughs> not gonna make the tournament (laughs) that's what i don't get i mean two two lottery picks basically
0: they're close i I think i think uh, mcdaniels is probably a lottery pick stewart's gonna be close and then okay uh you have james wiseman who is uh in parentheses not out of college not playing basketball (laughs) um Um, i think he's still
1: going to the draft um they still think he's gonna be a top five pick
0: i think he could be number one I think yeah. if the Warriors have the number one pick, they could take Wiseman because they don't need Anthony Edwards, who's a two guard. True. So I think yeah. he's still going to be a top three yeah. pick. I think anyone yeah. would take him.
1: They right now they haven't projected as number three, so um, so that will averaged, be behind Edwards. He's averaging twenty points a game, ten rebounds in the ten games that he won or they played in at Memphis. But
0: um, this whole thing's a terrible look for the NCAA. You got the number one freaking recruit coming into the season not even getting to play because of all this BS that goes on. and yeah, It's just stupid. I mean, I'd love to see Memphis actually be good, which they're not. I've been a very big-time critic of Memphis because I really don't think they're that good, and I think people are starting to see that now. Uh But maybe I'm being too mean. I don't know.
1: I mean, that's fair. When you lose the number one college prospect, kind of – Shoots down how good you are,
0: you know they still have guys, precious they do.
1: you obviously I do, yeah, but but he, I think precious is still too raw, I mean, yeah, but
0: so that's five guys right there, Anthony. Uh, Cole Anthony, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Isaiah Stewart, James Wiseman, who are likely lottery so picks.
1: Enjoy them before the tournament because you're not going to see them again.
0: Yep. I don't think there's a chance that any of them, really. I mean, no, Georgia, no. North Carolina, absolutely not. Oh, Unless gosh, one of these not. guys can carry their team to a conference championship, right? which I doubt. Um, James Wiseman can carry the – preparing for NBA draft team to the conference <laughs> championship in there. But uh, yeah, also guys, go ahead.
1: No, nah, you're fine.
0: Um, we have one more thing from Rothstein here. Obviously he's the greatest that there is right now covering the game. He knows everything. I bet he knows the entire roster for Winthrop <laughs> or like Colgate or someone like that. He probably knows their entire roster. Okay. So he's the best there is right now. He uh-huh. says, which I think we all have thought this or agreed with this, that this will be the most compelling tournament ever or not ever but the one uh, that he's covered ever and uh the seeds really don't matter which is true i could see honestly i could see like a a six a four like a three and like a ten in the final four or something
1: yeah i I think it's gonna be crazy but you know what every year that you think it's gonna be crazy it's chalk so
0: well you better get ready for the kansas and duke national championship then Take,
1: take, take take it as you want um yeah i I think that it's wide open. I think anybody probably, you know, in the power five conferences can be anybody else any night. Yep. Um, so it's, it's going to be fun, especially um, this year. It's been so home court heavy on wins. So getting these teams on neutral courts, I don't know, maybe, maybe these teams are, but you know, the one seeds and the two seeds and the three seeds are far and above on a neutral court than,
0: than what we think but
1: it'd be the case I, you know i think it's it's going to be fun there's no doubt about
0: that uh the final thing we'll do here is i wrote if we were to have a big 12 big 10 acc sec final four like 2019 what would that look like in 2020 so what would be the four teams from those conferences this year as opposed to last year and we'll start in the big 12 last year texas tech was a Final Four team they made it to the national championship, of course. If there was one team from the Big 12 that made the Final Four this year, who would it be? I think I know your answer. Kansas. Yep, I agree. <laughs> uh, it's hard for me to say Baylor at this point. I think Kansas is the best team in the Big 12, regardless of everything that uh, has happened. But in the Big Ten, I also think I know, I'm going to know your answer here, but it was Michigan State last year in the Final Four after they knocked off Duke. Who is the Big Ten team that could represent this year?
1: Uh, Illinois okay, okay, Maryland, obviously,
0: I also have Maryland. I think we're gonna agree um, on all these.
1: Maryland is obviously the best team in the conference right now, um
0: not even close, and they have the x factor guard, yes, not everybody has yes
1: and big um, man that can shoot and go inside yeah, they're just they're
0: tough all and around. doesn't look like a complete mess underneath with the basketball, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. um, and the a c c Virginia was a national champion last year. We talked about them potentially being a bubble team this year. Uh, who do you have as the potential representative of the ACC this year?
1: Uh, I'm going to change it up just because I know who you're
0: going to pick. I'm going to say Florida State. I'm going to go with Duke. I know you're a huge bias since you're like <laughs> virtually an, an alumni. Basically an State. alumni,
1: semester <laughs> alumni. <so.
0: laughs> I'm going to go with Duke because I think that they have one of the best coaches. They have a – experienced guard Uh they have a freshman big man who's going to be tough to play against why not and in the sec obviously i'm going with kentucky it was uh, auburn last (laughs) year who beat kentucky to get there which sucked for me because of my bracket (laughs) but kentucky is who i think make kentucky's making it this year i guarantee it i'm gonna go with kentucky too that's my that's my episode one guarantee kentucky Kentucky is a final Final four four team. team okay Calipari is due to make another big-time run. The last time they were in the Final Four was uh, the year that they were 38 No, I think. It was a Final Four game against Wisconsin that they lost. And then Duke won the championship that year. But that's my guarantee.
1: Okay, I like
0: it. So I don't know the exact dates for when we're going to be doing all these, but I think next week we'll probably do one on Monday the 24th. Probably cover a little bit less just because this was kind of opening everything up. And we'll, next week we'll talk about the games that happened over the week, and then we'll talk about – more updated net rankings, more updated bracketology, the bubble, yeah. all that stuff. It's whatever. all going to be clear. It's yeah. it's going to start to clear up, yeah. Uh, so we'll be back on the 24th. And if you want to listen to our Illini basketball podcast that we do every Friday, that'll be coming up on Friday as well. There's uh, 15 episodes of that on there. But we will catch you next Monday for another Countdown to March Madness right here on ECSW. Good night.